it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. Well, at CD Media, we're about to open several new local papers. One of them, one of them is the Connecticut Sentinel in, uh, in the, the Nutmeg State. It's a paper that was discontinued uh, a couple hundred years ago, but was around during the revolution. So we, we thought the title was appropriate. So today we have with us John Rasmus, who is running for the 101st uh, state rep position in Connecticut. Welcome, John. Uh, welcome. Uh, th thank you, Todd. Uh Appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, interview me and uh, finding out about my campaign. So, you know, I watched a video, I, I think it was from the Epic Times a few months ago, that said Connecticut was one of the most communist states in the union now because of all the infiltration that's taken place at the state government and, and down to actually to the municipalities. We're fighting in, uh, I'm in Westport a good bit, and, you know, we're fighting some of the stuff there with CRTs in the schools. Um, and, and they, we found out they had an unelected board running the town that was made up of Marxists. So tell us about your race, your campaign, your platform, what you want to do. Sure. Well, you know, I, I think you're right. Uh, I think things have gone way left um, and we have to pull things back towards the center. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're going to turn on the TV tonight and Ned Lamont's going to tell you that we have four billion dollars in surplus. And the mm -hmm. fact is that we are $68 billion in debt. We have $100 billion in unfunded pension liabilities, mm -hmm. unfunded uh, post-employment health care liabilities, bonded debt. Um, and we have about $32 billion in assets. So that leaves a $68 billion hole. So wow. when you hear surplus, that's basically cash basis accounting. Right. Uh, and that's like you have $14 in your pocket and you say you have a $14 surplus, but you didn't pay your utility bill this month and right. you took out a few loans. Uh, so it, it's kind of a misnomer. And uh, I hope to bring that uh, point home. I think people are finally starting to realize it. And uh, I, I've gotten a uh, bird's eye view of everything because I ran the state auditor's office uh, worked there for 38 years, actually ran the office for the last six. So I've been in well, you know, you know what you're talking about then. <laughs> I hope so. And, and, and I hope to be the one CPA up in Hartford. Believe it or not, we have 136, 187 legislators. We have a state comptroller. We have a state treasurer and not one CPA. So hmm. uh, we need a bean counter up there. And that's going to be me, a fiscal watchdog. Tell us about your district. Well, it's uh, it, it, it's mixed. Uh, it's slightly Democratic, but there's a lot of independence. Um, I believe that uh, there's, you know, it, it, it really is a slew of all different uh, uh, political ideologies. And I have to say that I'm a fiscal conservative, a mm -hmm. social uh, moderate, um, mm -hmm. kind of libertarian. I don't care what you do in your bedroom, what 
Uh, if you want to, you know, we legalize pot. If you want to smoke pot, you smoke it in your house. Just don't yeah. uh, get in the car and, and hurt me. Don't infringe on my liberties. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I believe that that's how the district, uh, the sent down the center feels. And it's my hope that I can uh, pull from that center. And uh, I believe my fiscal conservativeness will uh, be welcome to all uh, Republicans mm -hmm. in town. Do you feel um, a sway from the national debate? Because, uh, frankly, the economy is imploding. The southern border doesn't exist. We're about to get into World War III. I mean, it couldn't get any worse. So do, do you feel that pull toward away from the radical left in your district? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, you know, I, I, I think it, I think there was a lot of in 2020, oh, you're the party of Trump and, right. uh, you know, now they don't want to hear, well, you're the party of Biden because right. uh, you, you know, don't see any Biden stickers around anymore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think, you know, people are, are, are so, um, you know, quick to forget that we had $2 gas. We had uh, near zero inflation. The economy was going gangbusters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a few short years, we see where we are now. And yeah. uh, it's pretty dire. And uh, no, I think that's going to help. Uh, I think people are, are, are saying, hey, we, we were a lot better off a few years ago. And mm -hmm. I think that's only going to help my campaign. And I think all Republicans in Connecticut, I really think this is our year. Tell us, uh, uh, you know, we've talked generalities, but dig down into the weeds. What are you going to do for Connecticut? How are you going to make change uh, from the 101st district? Sure. Uh, you know, I, I say I have five prime issues. Number one mm -hmm. is the budget. We have to cut spending. Mm -hmm. uh, we... You know, we talk we talk about it, but what happens with the state budget is they take what we did last year and they add a a, a percentage increase to it. What we really need is zero based budgeting. Go back to scrapping everything and saying, "Okay, department heads, tell me what you need, not what you want, what you need." Yeah. And that's where we start, and then we make decisions on the budget. Uh, if we think we can build up from that point, um, you know, we make conscious decisions on it. But it seems like the budget process, and doesn't seem like it is, uh, basically takes prior year budgets and just adds uh, to them. Hmm. So, yeah, and, and, you know, everybody feels once you have a program, it's so difficult to right. take away. And that is so true. So that's why I believe we need zero-based budgeting. We need a taxpayer's bill of rights. Uh, you know, Colorado enacted one 30 years ago, and it's withheld numerous court challenges. Uh, and Taxpayers' Bill of Rights is all about uh, limiting the amount of increases that government can impose on taxpayers, uh, both at the municipal and state level, county levels for those states that have county forms of government. And it also says, hey, when you have a surplus, uh, you don't figure out how to spend it. You give it right back to the taxpayers. You don't, you don't have to make it a political football. You don't have to make it about rebates. You just have a simple checkoff, and this is what Colorado does. You have a simple checkoff on the income tax return that, that sends it right back to the, the taxpayers that fed into that surplus. Hmm. So I truly believe that we need that. Uh, we need to uh, tie the hands of high spending politicians. And once we have that in place, it's, it's, it's going to make Connecticut a better place. So that's number one, the budget. Number two is uh, state aid to municipalities. I don't necessarily believe in... Um, having this big state aid pool up in Hartford uh, and then feeding mm -hmm. down to the individual towns. Uh, but we have it. And mm -hmm. if we have it and we're, we're sending $70 million in income tax in from Madison alone, 
goes up to Hartford and we get back $400,000 a year in educational aid. And I'm sure uh, your town, uh, Fairfield County, mm-hmm. you probably feel the same thing. You, you send all this money up to Hartford and you get very little in return. Yeah. It's redistribution. Um, yeah, exactly. It's wealth redistribution. And uh, we're getting killed on it. We used to mm-hmm. get $2 million a year 10 years ago. The state aid pot has only grown with the, the bureaucrats in Hartford. And we're getting less and less. You're getting less and less. So where do you think all that state aid money is going? It's going yeah. into the cities. And, and there's little accountability. We saw what happened in West Haven. Um, I think there's a lot of stories out there that are similar to West Haven. Um, and again, a town, that nonsense couldn't happen in Madison because we get very little state aid. Yeah. Uh, we just uh, bonded a new school. Uh, Clinton, the town next door, uh, when they built a high school, they got 44% reimbursement. Guilford, for their high school, got 34%. And Madison is going to get a whole 18%. So something's wrong with the representatives or uh, the uh, supposed representatives in Madison that uh, we are getting so little. Um, And again, uh, we feed into that state aid pot. We should be getting more than 18% 18% back when Guilford, a very similar town to ours, is getting 34%, almost double. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's number two. Number three is juvenile justice and public safety. Uh, my wife and I were unfortunately in a very bad accident a few years ago. 16-year-old hit and run, uh, mm. hit us on our motorcycle, took us down. Mm. Uh, serious injuries. Uh, my wife, uh, more serious than mine. Uh, and uh, this uh, young man um, was able to uh, work the juvenile justice system to his um, advantage. And he not only hit and run for us, he went and hit another vehicle, tried to escape that, had two kids in the car. Um, So, uh, and and he wasn't held accountable for it. And we hear so many stories like that. They're trying to bring all that, that, you know, they call it restorative justice. I mean, they're trying to bring that into a lot of the school districts in Connecticut, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically means uh, no discipline, no accountability. Exactly. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, I blame us. I don't, I I blame the parents more than I blame Mm -hmm. the kid because uh, come to find out, uh, you know, he, he was basically an entitled young man that didn't feel, uh, and, and the parents felt that way. They, they, uh, Never an I'm sorry, never, um, you know, from him or his parents. And it was just kind of a, you know, um, it was a a nightmare that became even more of a nightmare by going through the juvenile justice system. Uh, And as far as law enforcement, you know, we we had we had thoughts that why did this uh, young uh, man uh, flee both scenes? Uh, Was he in some way impaired? Well, we talked to the police officer and, you know, police officers now are are, are really having a hard time doing their job. And he yes. said, uh, you know, without probable cause, I'm like, well, two hit and runs to me would be probable cause. Mm-hmm. Um, he could not search the vehicle. He could not even ask the 16 year old if he could uh, search the vehicle without his uh, parents there. So something's wrong with uh, what we've to, we've kind of handcuffed police officers. We've taken away qualified immunity, um, and I think that was a big mistake in my opinion yeah. for that. And 
people have to understand qualified immunity is not absolute immunity. So if there's some bad, bad actors out there, um, they should be like everyone else, like what we just talked about, they should be held accountable. Um, yeah. but the fact that, uh, you know, somebody can claim I'm a police officer and somebody claims that I didn't conduct, a, 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 a auto stop, uh, properly or an accident scene properly, I could lose my house, uh, trying to defend myself, uh, against that. So yeah. I think something's really wrong with that. And, 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 uh, Again, that's part of my third pillar is uh, juvenile justice reforms. Uh, the bill that was just passed up in Hartford didn't go far enough. It was really uh, a watered down version of what the Republicans wanted. And uh, hopefully we can come back and address uh, some of the uh, finer points on that. Hmm. Uh, number four is uh, the fact that uh, Hartford really wants to get into our business at the local level. Uh, with the uh, 830G, which is the affordable housing uh, yes. statute. And it really works to the benefit of developers uh, of, of them being able to uh, push these projects on towns like ours with having that affordable housing uh, provision in their back pocket. So developer comes in and uh, we have a small tract of land and, and this has happened in our town. People are finally becoming aware and wants to put uh, six units on this small uh, mm -hmm. parcel. Uh, zoning says no. Um, the developer can go come back and say, well, I'm going to put uh, 16 units on that uh, piece of property and uh, you can't do anything about it because I can bypass you by using the affordable housing statute. So, there, there was, uh, let me interrupt. There was something, I think, in Greenwich recently where there was a case where they, the, the, the developers were making up racism attacks or something like that to try to get that status for a project. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it, it, uh, it, you know, maybe the intentions were to, uh, enhance affordable housing and I'm, Hey, I'm, I'm all for that, but this mm -hmm. is just the wrong way of doing it. Um, I'm all for, Hey, CHFA, it's for first time mm -hmm. home buyers, uh, down payment assistance, mm -hmm. folks that are working hard, Okay, and need a little boost mm -hmm. uh, to help them get into the first home. I'm all for that. But this whole idea of uh, socializing zoning and making yeah. Hartford, uh, you know, imposing their uh, ideas on every town, um, you know, they have this big square peg uh, that they try to fit into, you know, our cylinder uh, hole that just doesn't fit. Madison doesn't yeah. have sewers. So, I mean, how do you have a plan that addresses that? Well, wow. uh, most recently, the Transportation Committee was trying to uh, take over um, the rules on our town uh, beach parking lot. And in other words, uh, you know, we have a big state park in town, Hammonasset. And when that fills up, uh, the folks at Hammonasset say, well, there's a town beach over here and you can use that. Problem is, we have a very small parking lot that you know, barely uh, is able to park our residents. And Harford wanted to make it a point of, well, you have to have the same fee for in-town residents versus someone up in Enfield, someone in Windsor, um, someone in Killingworth, any uh, town, uh, you have to charge them the same rate. Uh, we're taxpayers. We, yeah, you build we, it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, yeah. and we... So, so that, that's what's wrong with Hartford. And, and this is the Transportation Committee um, and uh, Mr. Roland Lamar, who's the chairman, that was 
uh, trying to push this stuff on not just Madison, um, you know, everywhere. And yeah, it's all about social reengineering. Um, but it's straight not out at, straight out of Atlas Shrugged. I mean, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And yeah. you know, uh, they said, well, uh, if you read the bill, uh, you'd find, well, you don't have to do this, but if you don't do it, you lose all your uh, town uh, road money. Right. So, I mean, who's going to give that up? I mean, to me, that's almost like extortion uh, sure. to get this through. So hopefully, uh, you know, I, I should say, luckily that was struck down. That didn't pass uh, through committee this year. Uh, but I think the key term is this year. Um, mm -hmm. These folks are going to come back again next session and, and yeah. try to do the same thing. It's just never ending. So, what, so what's your last so point? So that's number four. And then number five is, and, uh, you know, we legalized marijuana and mm -hmm. uh, I think there's pros and cons to that. I would not have voted for the bill uh, that uh, did. Um, but uh, now that we've done that, I think we basically told our, um, our youth that it's acceptable and, um, the big problem with that is youth cannot go to the dispensaries that we're going to be opening and they're still going to have to go into the cities. And the big problem with that is um, fentanyl mm -hmm. and fentanyl is a huge, huge issue. Sure um, it is. And Killing it, a lot it, of people. Oh, and uh, it's uh, something that uh, we're kind of staying blind to. And again, um, whether you voted uh, or, or agree with the vote on legalizing marijuana, I, I, think you have to say that we need to reach our youth and really let them know about the, the dangers. Yeah. So um, th that's number five. There's actually a, a woman in town who lost her son to fentanyl mm -hmm. and she's done so much. Uh, her organization is called Demand Zero. Uh, she's been up to Hartford. Um, she's helping the big cities, uh, but she, and, and she's, she actually directed this movie that is shocking um, it's very raw, um, but it's it's very true, and it and it explains her story and what she went through, uh, and she's getting pushback from uh, the, some of the schools uh, saying that it's not appropriate for uh, middle school, and and you know, that's not my area. I'm a bean counter. I'm not a social worker, but to me, we have to uh, make sure we let youth know. Well, send her our way. We'd love to interview her. That sounds a great story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I sure will. And, uh, you know, I, I think it should be something, you know, we talk about different things that are in the curriculum and shouldn't be in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm a firm believer and things should be local. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you got got that impression through our interview. Um, yeah. I want Harford out of our business. Um, but I think this is one thing that should be part of the uh, curriculum. And again, whether yeah. it's at grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, I'm not sure. I'd leave that to the professionals, but I don't think she should be getting pushback um, on showing that 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 movie. It's got to be said. So I moved here in 05 uh, to Connecticut. I'm not a resident anymore, but it was much different almost 20 years ago. And just in a short period of time, it's radically changed. So, uh, so a few things. One, do you think we'll have a fair election in Connecticut? Two, uh, you know, the coastline is so beautiful and has so much potential. It's such a gorgeous state with a history of freedom and fighting tyranny. And the cities are just, just you know, hell holes, to be honest. 
So yeah. how do we, uh, is it corruption? Is it, is it just basically that dem everywhere Democrats run cities, it turns into that, but. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think, it, like I said, at the, the onset of this uh, interview, mm -hmm. I think we've really gone far left and you're right. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, um, this uh, was a much different state. Mm -hmm. uh, we're in dire financial condition and, and the Democrats are just putting their heads in the sand on it. Um, they're putting their heads in their sand about the level of crime and mm -hmm. just the, um, you know, you, you hear about things that you wouldn't have heard about 20 years ago when you turn on the TV set and the fentanyl overdoses. Um, everybody seems to be taking a blind eye mm -hmm. uh, to all this. Your first question was about the election. Can we have mm -hmm. a fair election? Um, you know, that's that's the root of our democracy. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think it's sad that we have to be. Um, wondering about that. Um, I will say I was disappointed in the governor when he signed the bill that's going to allow absentee ballots uh, yeah. for the reason of, of COVID for this November. I think that was premature and uh, I have a problem with that. Um, unfortunately, you know, I think our recourse on that at this point is limited. Quite honestly, I'm, I'm running on, I have to get 60% of the vote yeah. to, uh, to kind of yeah. Yeah. To, exactly. And, and that's sad to say, um, but uh, so that's, that's the way I'm going to run it. That begs the last question. Do you see um, like in Loudoun County or in the state of Virginia, do you see this massive uprising and involvement with the citizenry to try to make sure we have a somewhat at least fair, a chance at a fair election? I mean, do you see, I guess, what is your thoughts? I mean, yeah. I think Connecticut is naturally uh, a conservative state, so or not conservative, but at least um, you know a free, a free state. Yeah, I mean, so where do we get? How do we get back there? What do you, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, yeah, you know, I um, that's kind of above my pay grade. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I'm running at the local level where I, mm -hmm. I I'm hoping it's not going to be as big of a, a concern as the cities mm -hmm. uh, because. I don't know if you followed the last election here, but Bob Stepanowski was leading yeah. going up to uh, midnight uh, of the night of the election. And then all of a sudden, kind of uh, kind of similar to what happened with the presidential, um, all of a sudden, the, all these absentee ballots uh, came through. So right. um, and, and he just lost the election by uh, three, three or four percent, three, three percent plus. And yeah. there was a there was a third party candidate. So. Um, it, it's my real hope. I mean, the eyes are going to be more on things this mm -hmm. election. Um, and, and, and again, I, I'm more concerned about what's going to happen in the cities and, uh, we're just going to have to police it more. Do you, do you have on the local level in your, in your district or in this town? I mean, do you see people getting involved and in stepping up as election monitors, you know, yeah. precinct committee men, all that stuff? Yeah, you know, we're we're early on, but I've already mm -hmm. been going door to door and I got to tell you, I've never seen people as fired up as they mm -hmm. are now. Um, you know, I think it's always been you wondered why the electorate wasn't um, more asking more questions and engaging. Mm -hmm. uh, my biggest challenge right now is I walk down a street and I I think 10 years ago I'd say, "Oh, I'll be done in in a half hour." Um Folks want to talk. They want to. Yeah. They want to tell me what's on their mind, and that tells me that there's going to be a higher percentage that come out at the polls. Mm -hmm. Again, I think this is our year. I think people are fed up with what's going on. Um, they're fed up with 
um, the head in the sand mentality up in Hartford. Uh, this uh, just this week, just yesterday, there was an amendment up there uh, uh, on the Republican mm-hmm. side to end the highway use tax, which mm-hmm. is going to uh, start on January 1st. Before it even started, we again, we supposedly have all these uh, excess uh, surplus funds. And but we're putting in this new tax that's really going to drive up grocery prices because how do we get our groceries to the store? Yeah, they get delivered. And this is just going to add more to our grocery prices. And it makes no sense. And it was shot down. I think there was one Democrat that voted for the amendment um, and all others just voted the party line. So when you tell folks that this really is going to increase their grocery costs beyond Mm -hmm what we've already experienced mm-hmm. um they get upset about that yeah. um so uh again uh folks uh i haven't seen this level of engagement in a long time and i think that's that's good well thank you for your time john we want to have you back on down the road after you're elected especially and uh and then help us grow a, a new conservative uh, media outlet here in in the state so that's, thank you for your time refreshing to see and thank you so much for having me on Take care. We'll see you.